All right, so for anyone who doesn't know me that well that might be listening to this, um, I worked with kids with uh, superpowers, I call them, which are really, uh, in your eyes, might be disabilities since 2012 in some capacity. And um, I've always tried my best to never, never, ever emphasize the fact that they're not able to do something that a quote-unquote normal person could do. Um, and in this next segment, we talk about this amazing kid and his his superpower just so happens to be autism who got he not got but he caught a d1 scholarship d1 for basketball i couldn't even catch a d1 scholarship from basketball and i had no superpowers <laughs> but Kylan bennett uh he i think it was maybe a week ago or two weeks ago he signed with kent state university um shout out to him his mom and the university for not letting his disability or i'm sorry superpower be something that hindered them or or gave them hesitation in signing him so me and the crew just take a a quick second to just shout out to them um acknowledge not only this amazing accomplishment but just how you know close-minded some people can truly be out there in the world but shout out to khalil bennett check out this next segment dedicated to him all right you told me well not you told me mo told me that you told him that there was this kid Mm -hmm. that got a a full ride scholarship to Kent State. Autistic Kalen Bennett. Yes, sir. Now I'm not surprised because I always look at people who've been labeled as autistic or disabled or special. They're like superheroes. They have their own like everything is enhanced. The one thing that they can't do enhances everything else. Yep. Like. That's like when you lose a sense and all your other senses become stronger. They're they're literally the strongest people. And this is just a testament to it. And shout out to Kent State for um, being, I, I want to say, the first. Because he, yeah, 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 he was the first student athlete with autism to sign a national letter of intent to play for a team sport at Division One level. Now, this is your topic. So I'm going to let you go ahead and take the driver's seat for the first part of it. But th- this is just truly incredible. Um, never seen anything like this. Yeah, a little bit of background on the kid. He uh, he didn't speak a word until he was seven years old, and he didn't form a full sentence until until he was eight. And to to go from that start to being a Division One athlete or a, a, a up and coming like he's about to be a Division One athlete next year, uh, it's absolutely incredible, and it it just it. It's going to open up so many doors for other, like I guess you could say, special needed uh, athletes. You know, mm-hmm. and I think it's uh, this is a, a good on Kent State. You know, because this is going to be a giant step in the right direction for people who have mental disabilities. Right. So, I don't know how you feel about that? When he told me that, I'm just like. Wow! At first, I'm just like, "Dad, man, we gotta we gotta squeeze a whole bunch of topics." And I was like, "You know what? We about to drop everything else that we were gonna do, and then just go into this one because it's re- it's something unique." And I love having unique stuff on our show. I hate when we start talking about stuff that is either talked about like a week ago, or it's always talked about like it's a constant thing. And this is really something that needs a lot more shine. It needs to be on ESPN. It needs to be on all the majoring networks. Damn it, it needs to be on. It needs to be on the news. I, I you know, what I'm saying, I, I'm tired of looking at 
Channel 7 or Channel or ABC, Fox, all that good stuff, and seeing somebody being shot or killed maliciously as the headline. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I forgot who said this, but uh, I got too many blues for any more bad news. Like, I'm, I don't need any more bad news in my life. I don't need it. This is good. This was a feel-good story. Feel-good story for real. And shout-out to you for finding it, because I didn't hear nothing about it. How did you find it? That's that's the question. Perusing Facebook Bleacher Report. Wow. Yeah. So shout Bleacher Report for being on top of it, man. Absolutely. Because I, I think I turned on ESPN maybe a little earlier today, um, and I didn't see nothing about it. And I've seen articles where this is almost a week old. Uh, I see one that said 10 days old. I see another that said 13 days old. I'm just like, wow. And no one has talked about this, huh? Yeah, but, it's but, let it be, but let it be someone, you know, let it be someone like a, a Kareem Hunt who kicked some girl on video camera. That that became national news real quick, real fast. Oh, yeah. For sure. Dang, I mean, that was man. You know. Yeah, panic, scare. What else sells? Uh, drama. <laughs> That all sells. Feel good doesn't sell. No one's interested in a good story. Yep. Which sucks. But you know, it's the reality of the situation. And shout out and, and not I'm not trying to, you know, just uh what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not just trying to find things that's like nice things to say about him. I'm just really at a loss for words because think about it. He's the first autistic kid to to sign. And he even said it in the interview, he was like, I was at a place where I didn't want to be around people at all. Like I hated people. I hated anyone that wasn't my mom or uh, I think he said one of his friends or something like that. He just hated them all. And um, that, I don't know, man, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I'm, like straight up Kent State taking that shot and, you know, being this, you know, paramount in this for this, I guess, starting of a movement. It's, it's very nice. It's nice to see people aren't just, Minded and un like uncaring in a sense. Not so much he had to care for him because he earned his right to get that scholarship. He was born. Oh, yeah. He's a six ten. He's got size twenty feet, man. Like dude's got like a KD wingspan. But yeah, it's ridiculous. You know, he's he's ridiculous for sure. Yeah. Um, just seeing how he um. I was what, what part of the video was I forgot which part it was, but it was this is not a publicity stunt. This is not at all to draw more attention, more revenue, more supporters to Kent State. This was uh, this was just them going to get a good basketball player for yeah. their school, and and I think that's what stands out the most because it could have easily been a Division three school who was just going you know redshirt them and let them be a part of the team type of thing. Yeah, but. It, that's not the case. And shout out to them for being truly genuine and signing uh, Khalil Bennett to a D1 scholarship. Down goes Fury. Down goes Fury. Now, originally when I was watching this fight, I was real disappointed at Deontay Wilder. Because he Fury was giving it to him. I don't want to say he was giving it to him, but Fury fought his fight for the most part. And then Deontay just went for it like he does so well. When he when he smells a, a, a little bit of blood, he goes he goes in. And that's what I love about Deontay Wilder. But that was a great fight for the most part. Um, me and the crew are going to talk about why I knew it was going to happen as far as the draw. 
and what could happen differently? What could we expect to happen differently in the rematch coming soon? Oh, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Oh, OKC. Okay, took, took about to lose, took aren't that they? chance better than Tyson Fury did. Family it was from an episode of Rick and Morty. I don't care what, what episode was. Listen, the point is, I'm trying to, I'm trying, I was trying to throw the lot into the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury topic. And that just went over your head. Yeah, <laughs> it did. That was a quote. That was a quote from a, from a cartoon episode. That's not the point, Mo. But, but, this topic I is didn't, about the fight. I didn't see you throwing the lob into the episode. That's, that's my bad. It went clear over my head into the crowd. You're right. Oh, man. Get that out of the park like Robinson Cano on opening day. All right. Come on, man. I don't come know about all really that. Do we talk about that trade? Do we really have to talk about that trade? Do we really hey, have this, to talk about that? this is not the segment now. I'm sorry. Yeah. Save that y'all shit for tomorrow. Have y'all, y'all just have a way of just bringing up my team. I I'm terrifying. I know. That's very evident. That's very evident. But... You know who I thought sucked? Well, not sucked, but I just wasn't a big fan of them until Saturday. Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury. I am a now a Tyson Fury fan. Like, I am a big admirer for what he did and how he did it. And not only did he do it, you know, let's be real. Boxing is all promotion, all about the dollars now. It's very rarely about the fights. Otherwise, we would have seen Anthony Joshua fight one of these boys by now. It's all about the dollars. Mm. Um, and with that being said, Tyson did a hell of a job promoting this fight. So did Deontay Wilder. But the way these two respected each other after the fight. Now, granted, I don't know if it was just promotion or they just generally didn't like each other beforehand. Who knows? But after the fight, Tyson was very appreciative and, and grateful. And, like, it was almost like two different people. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's hard not to respect a man who just lumped up your face like that. <laughs> right. In a matter of two rounds. Wait, wait. Not just lumped up your face, but in a matter of two rounds. And he was dead tired. So imagine if he would have tagged him like that early in the fight. He would have been done. Fury would have been out. Fury was out cold after a man who was, like, you could see it in Deontay Wilder. He was he was fatigued. That man was out. That man was was gassed because he's not used to going the distance, especially with somebody that big and, and gruesome. He wasn't used to it. So And I don't think just, he was expecting to do it this fight either. What? What, knock him out? Not, I don't think he was expected to go the distance this fight either. Oh, yeah. no, he wasn't. He wasn't. Cause want, look at Tyson Fury. Let's be real. You think you, you think with a, his right hand, Deontay Wilder, if he connected with a couple body shots, Tyson Fury isn't going down? He just couldn't get to him. He just yeah, well, hey, I think I think a lot of people in America learned what the people in the UK already knew about the Gypsy King. And that's the man is a sound technical boxer. He may not be. I mean, he's definitely one of the biggest. But... You know he doesn't. He's, he's not known for his power. He, he's gotten to the top by fighting boring, technical, sound boxing. He's he's the second biggest fighter of all time at six nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that's but you know for a six nine person he doesn't have the the hammer fist that that Deontay Wilder is throwing at these dudes. Out right. here. You right. know what I mean? And like, you know it's been like I don't I don't know how to say it, but ever since Fury really got the title, one of his critiques have been that yes he wins fights but he wins fights boring <laughs> you know what I mean right uh, yeah so, kind, of, kind of sort of I get you but I don't know I just wasn't expecting it to be first of all Tyson Fury should have won this fight in the first like it should have just been signed sealed delivered but hey you know, man saying, he, he, he's got to he's got to blame his chin for that one though oh yeah absolutely 
you can, but you can't you can't run from the power of Deontay all all fight long. Like, True. You can do it for the most part. True. But like think about it, because Floyd he runs away from his opponents the whole fight and he's fine. You know what I'm saying? But that's a different type of power. Deontay Wagner, you get tagged with one of his and you're out for the for the count. Hey, hey. Floyd mm-hmm. Floyd tagged you with one of his best power punches. You're just gonna be like, oh shoot, I got hit. <laughs> he said, he, you might you might stumble maybe a little bit you maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe slightly bothers you but we all know it's all about politics and i think the draw was very forced i don't think it was necessarily the right decision um as much as i, I don't think so either no you i think you're right on that one yeah as much as much as i want to wander to win I, I know better everyone out there know better but what does make up for the fact and i think this is the only way they could do it the judge should have counted fury out he counted the the count from according to the boxing enthusiasts that I've spoke to, Fury was technically supposed to be counted out. I, but, it but. it depends on how you look at it. Personally, me, I feel like that ref started a quick count. Like I've I've seen refs who you know waste their time trying to make sure that the the boxer who knocked the other one down gets to his corner before they start the count. You know what I mean? I've seen oh, I've seen a lot oh. of hell no but you you gotta think about it. you're dealing with a knockout artist you know what i'm saying and deontay he knows the routine by now he, he's knocked out 39 opponents he knows it goes right to his corner and that's exactly what he did so the ref went right to count no you're right and and you know what i will agree with those boxing enthusiasts in the sense that i've seen a lot of fights ended while a person was getting up on the 10th count you know what i mean like Thank i feel you. like Right. I feel like that was definitely like I don't want to say up to the ref, but he definitely decided to use his own discretion because he got to the count of ten as Wilder got to his feet, and he could have called that fight at that point. But right. he allowed Wilder to get up and try and get his bearings, and you know I'm not <laughs> mad at him for that, especially when, like, I mean not Wilder Fury to get up and get his bearings, but I'm not mad at him for that because like we said, Fury was winning the fight. It would suck to lose the fight getting counted out at that point like that. Nah, honestly, as bad as it looked. If I was the ref, I probably would have called it because he was he was he wasn't still, but he was knocked out for the first oh, five bro. six seconds. Right. So he, he didn't uh, like like, so like, like I said he he wasn't up by the standing eight. No. Okay. He he was rolling no, he over. Was, yeah, he he, he was he literally like didn't lift up. He almost didn't open his eyes until the six count. Right. He, he like, and then he popped up like the Undertaker at like the seven, seven and a half count. Oh, like some Royal Rumble type stuff right now. For real. But you know, a part of me, a part of me still thinks that he was just literally laying there because it really hurt. I don't, I don't think he was like really well out, out cold because you didn't see it in his face that he was out cold. It just literally looked like he got knocked down. He it, honestly, he laid there. I think I think he was he was honestly surprised by the power, especially the fact that he right. had already gotten hit with the left, and then the right came as he was going down. And that's the and so the right I, one's the stronger the stronger hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think I think it took him a second to collect his bearings. But like I said, Fury is a smart fighter, and we've seen other fighters get into the situation where they get clocked, they get knocked down, and they're like, "All right, I gotta get I gotta get right back up. I gotta get right back up." They try and get right back up. And their feet aren't underneath them, and the ref calls the fight because of the way that they got up. Right. You see what I'm saying? So I think he, he took the extra couple seconds, collected his bearings, popped up like the Undertaker, <laughs> and then he was like, "All right, let me let me see if I can finish this fight." You know, the ref the ref could have called it, but gave him the chance to collect his bearings, show that he was actually able to continue the fight by you know demonstrating uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not consciousness, but um, 
he was aware of where he was in the ring. You know what I mean? I, I, I think like I think that this was a great fight to set up a rematch. You know what I mean? Like there were a lot of there were a lot of like ah oh, this could have went this way that could have went that way. <laughs> But at the same time, I don't really want to blame any one thing on the fact that this fight ended in a draw. I think it was a good fight, and I think I, I would I would watch it. I would watch it again. I would hope that Wilder would come more prepared as a boxer as a, as opposed to a brawler. But I'd watch it again. Wilder's gonna knock that man out in the rematch. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I think he'll be a little less timid next time in the, never, in the early never. going. He also went the distance with that uh, uh, one guy before that was a. Uh, uh, he had a rematch with, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he won still. But you know they had a rematch or whatever. Yeah, and nobody expected that, that to go out. to the distance. Yeah, and then he knocked that man out in the third round. Of the next fight, like mm-hmm. it was bad. <laughs> he put that man through the ropes. He folded his legs. <laughs> he said, "He said, he said, he, look, you ended my legacy just now. So I think I'm gonna have to end you." <laughs> right, right. That's, that's what it was. So I mean, okay. we'll see though. We see. Though. It was a good fight. It was good a good fight. fight sure. But honestly. Like I said before, I think I would like to see them place a little more bearing on sound technical boxing. Like, I understand that it's not what people, like, it's definitely not a thing in the United States, but it's not exactly what people want to see. But like I said before, I'm still upset that Tyson Fury outboxed Deontay Wilder eight out of 12 rounds. That's two thirds of the fight. And because Wilder was able to knock him down twice, he was able to procure a split decision. You know what I mean? Like, you, you shouldn't be able to just dominate two rounds barely survive i mean barely win two other rounds and barely survive eight rounds and still be considered a possible winner of the fight <laughs> fair enough that's a fair assessment it's like if you don't and... knock them out the knockdown shouldn't be that you know i don't know it was bad i mean it was pretty bad though he's a bad was, man <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was that was a bad right hand but you know it, it, we'll see We'll see. They we'll definitely see. set it up right. So but, good job, boxing. But but you did your job. But let me ask you a question now, staff that? and the panel. Out of the the three fights that we could possibly see come out of this, which one are you there for the most? Um, honestly, probably. And I mean, sorry for for the for the fans listening. By that I mean Wilder Fury rematch or Wilder v Joshua or Fury v Joshua. Those are the three fights I'm talking about. Rematch. Yeah, rematch? definitely a rematch. Joshua has lost all buzz in my world. Um, <sighs> like I really, I don't, I really don't want to see him fight Fury or because it, it's not going to be as good. Like the, both of these guys took the risk, you know. Fury facing one of the best boxers in the world, if not the best, at the not the prime of his career, but at a really high point, coming back from a long layover himself, and fighting in his and fighting in the champion's home country. You know what I'm saying? He took mm-hmm. that chance. Wildner took the chance of his undefeated streak going up against the lineal champion, which is Fury, unorthodox mm-hmm. style. He's bigger, longer reach. You know, they, they took both. They took risks on both sides. It wasn't about the money with these two at all. No, I, you and, know what? I get that. That's that makes sense. And, and, and Joshua, he's just you know traveling the world, living his best life. Meanwhile, his best life. at the at not even at the prime. Like I can understand. If they were at their prime of their career and they're asking for Joshua, it'd be like, oh man, like, I, all right, Joshua, I understand you running. But these dudes are in their 30s. Joshua is like 25, 26, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you go wait for them to get a little older before he. Right, right. <laughs> I see on, what you're dog. saying. Like Mayweather did with Pacquiao. Mayweather was ducking Pacquiao for years. Oh, yeah. Damn near a decade. For years. <laughs> and they ain't going to fight the man when he's on his way out of boxing. 
Oscar De La Hoya wanted wanted Floyd for years. Not Floyd. Yeah. Who do you want? I think it was Floyd. It was Floyd. Yeah, it was yeah, Floyd. It was Floyd. Floyd. Yeah. You ain't wrong. Yeah. And he waited until Oscar got old. Smart. Miguel Cotto waited until he got old. That's what he did. He just kept, he just kept waiting for boxers to get past their prime. Yeah, he's smart. Staying undefeated one on one. You said what? Staying undefeated one on one. Yeah, staying exactly. undefeated. Canelo Alvarez. That was the only person he didn't duck when he was, and he almost lost to him. But that's because he he knew he he really should have beat Canelo. Like like there was no question that he was going to be beating Canelo in that fight. You know. What you mean? I mean, to me, I mean, don't get me wrong. Fight. Don't get me wrong. Canelo is a great boxer at all, but you know, Canelo's like a, he's he's a puncher's boxer. Whereas, you know, like I expect somebody with the defense and the technicality of Floyd Mayweather to beat a Canelo Alvarez. Man, tell Floyd to go holler at Triple G. I don't hear nothing else. <laughs> Till then, <laughs> I don't hear nothing else. But with that, man, we're gonna jump over to the good old fashioned. Um, I think we got football on the docket. My man Kareem Hunt done, done pulled Ray Rice. Yeah, boy. Is that football or we still talk about boxing? Finally. Finally. You guys like my rock impersonation? I know it's good, right? Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, check this out. Um, so the crew and I talked about maybe two weeks ago how the Green Bay Packers needed a spark. And boy, did they ever do that. Following the Green Bay Packers' loss this past Sunday, they fired their longtime head coach, Mike McCartney, thank God. Um, and now there's no one else to left to blame for Green Bay's struggles. But on the flip side of this segment, we're going to talk about Kareem Hunt and his domestic violence video that just recently resurfaced uh, from back in February that he lied to the Kansas Chiefs about. Um, and that, you know, that caused them to release him. Now, that's going to have long-term effects on Kansas City. We don't know. That's what me and the crew are going to talk about, along with Aaron Rodgers finally getting new life in Green Bay. Team win something. Yeah, what was the last trophy y'all won? All right, into the next segment, please. Mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. You Kareem big Hunt. dummy. Fantasy Monstar. Monstar. He's beaten me a couple times. Turned domestic Single-handedly. He's beating somebody else, too, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. Uh, let's just get right into it. Without no sugarcoating it. No splendor. We ain't no gonna dip a toe, road. nothing. We gonna jump right in. This man, I didn't see the video, so I don't know in what oh, way, man. shape, or form he kicked this girl. Bad. What'd you say? I said I saw him, and to me, it wasn't that bad. It was yeah, like, that's what I heard. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as everybody said. Well, it depends on what you heard, but yeah, I don't think it was that bad either. I think one, my thing is, I feel like you can. To me, if you've seen the video. He is visibly intoxicated to me, mm. which you know is not like he's obviously not like stumbling all over the place. But he, he doesn't have to. He doesn't seem to have his wits about him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right, right. And yet, I would say the most violent part of the video. He he's outside of his his. I want to say hotel room, but it wasn't a hotel. It's his actual uh, place of residence. It's his private residence. I want to. I want to. Well, first, that's the first thing that I want to that I want to put out there is that it was on his own private residence, and he kicked this woman out. She obviously refused to leave. And yes, Kareem got physical first, and that's wrong with him. And no, he, no, he didn't actually. She smacked him. 
No, 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 no. He pushed her before she smacked him. Okay. He did shove this woman. I will, I will give him that. This woman closed fist slapped him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ran into his own friend who then ran into the woman, knocked the woman on the floor. Was it intentional? I don't think so. Didn't hit the woman directly. I don't think he meant to do it like that. I think he was just upset. And he pushed his friend. His friend His friend looked like he was definitely intoxicated because this man got bumped and he fell all over the place and dang near hit his face on the wall. So he definitely did not have his wits about him. The woman fell on the floor. And like I said, the kick, the kick which I thought was going to be a lot more aggressive, didn't seem that bad to me. It seemed like the same way as if you were to like you see somebody on the floor who's passed out and you go and be like hey get up get out of here <laughs> like it was one of those kicks like, right it, it, exactly it well, definitely was one of those type of kicks and to me I, and i know you're supposed to keep your feet on the ground like your mama always told you but, mama, right. but i don't think he kicked her with malice look you i've seen those legs run through 300 pound men Exactly. I'm pretty sure he could have kicked her harder. <laughs> well, 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 can I answer that? Say that. I'm just saying he just kind of put his foot on her like, yeah, get out. But can I just ask? Go ahead, Chef. Go ahead. Cause I just gotta it, it, like, cause you know he got cut. Yes, that's what I was about to say. So, go ahead. Go ahead. So, does that video that surfaced, you know, where? It wasn't, you know, I, I'm not promoting domestic violence whatsoever, but it wasn't as serious as say as Ray Rice, Ray Rice giving his girl an eye jammy. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, so and he he got cut as well. So, do you feel that the punishment fit both crimes, or do you feel Kareem Hunt got the raw deal? Can I can I take this first, guys? Yeah, as long as now, you I'm keep it say, under 45 seconds, I will. Now I'm going to say Kareem Hunt got the raw deal, but it's not because that his domestic violence was lesser. I think Kareem Hunt got the raw deal because he got cut for the same reason Ray, they said Ray Rice got cut and that he wasn't forthcoming with all the evidence of the night. But like I said, if you look at the video, he seems like he didn't have all his wits about him in that video. And Kareem Hunt has gone on the record as saying that he didn't see the video itself until after the Chiefs had saw it. So for somebody who wasn't in their right, in their complete right state of mind at the time, how can he fully account for what happened? You know what I mean? That that and that's where I feel like this this situation was like a little messed up on Kareem Hunt on the on the Chiefs part towards Kareem Hunt is that they sh I feel like they should have let the league settle it a little bit more before they just said, oh, you weren't forthcoming with us because if you ask me, he was probably as forthcoming as he could have been for all he recollected of that night. I mean, I didn't hear what he told the Chiefs, obviously, but you know, I, Ray Rice, I feel like definitely knew what happened. It didn't say anything. Kareem Hunt wasn't all the way there and kind of tried to recollect and didn't wasn't uh, wasn't one hundred percent truthful because he couldn't be one hundred percent truthful because he didn't have the facts. There we go. You you, you definitely went closer to two. Look, forty five minutes. Yeah. I, I took like fifteen extra seconds. All right. Nah, you lying. You're telling <laughs> I'm proud of you. Um, go ahead, Carson. Go ahead. Um, you know, the man is a grown man, and I understand what. What Mo was saying about the man was as forthcoming as what he recollected. Nobody, nobody put that alcohol in the system. So I, I do think he still needs to own up to his own stuff because he was the one drinking. No one made him drink. I'll give and you that. What, 
I, I don't think that the punishment should fit the bill. But, um, you know, it's the, it's the NFL. They do what they want. So, you know, you, you can't beat it. <laughs> As you see, I'm going to go on record for saying that there's only one reason, one reason why he got cut. Because I'm pretty sure the Chiefs saw it. It's like, damn, this really isn't that bad. But he lied to them. Mm-hmm. He lied. He said, yeah, no, nothing happened. But like Mo said, he wasn't under the, you know, the influence. I mean, he wasn't not, he was under the influence. Sorry. He was, yeah, but at the, the same time, it was, all this was at the comfort of his own house. Yes. Yes. Not only, not only the comfort of his own house, but it, that means the surveillance tape was from his house. Yeah, and and that was the and that was the other thing that I wanted to say was um did you guys see the interview that he did with Lisa Salters on Undisputed? I mean not Undisputed on our NFL Countdown. No. no. Okay. Well, in this interview, he claims well not claims he he states that this was his first weekend in that home. Like to me, it sounds like he was throwing a housewarming party with less guests. He wasn't throwing a party. You know what I mean? He was throwing a housewarming get together. So I kind of understand how he could have gotten a little carried away in the intoxicant department. Now, like I said, Carson, you're right, because he did get intoxicated and he didn't need to get that intoxicated. But at the same time, in a day and age where we see Snoop Dogg put a, I'm pretty sure it was a 3.75 liter bottle of Hennessy on the, on the, uh, was it first take desk, in, no, 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 on the Skip and Shannon desk in front of Shannon Sharp. It's not frowned upon for people to to drink like that anymore. You know what I mean? Like before, back in the day, you'd be like, oh, this guy's an alcoholic. But you know, people drink. And now it's seen as like a common thing. It's not as hidden to the to the public. But like I like like Alex said, it was in it was his own home. What? I'm assuming Huh? Sorry, like I said, like Stat said, you can't mute me anyway. I don't know why I'm correcting myself. Like Stat said, <laughs> it was I can, his you own heard that? I can end this real quick. <laughs> Anyway, it was his own, his own estate. He invited this woman there. They got into a, they, they had a difference of opinion, and he kicked her out of his own home. She refused to leave, and so he tried to. He he didn't know how to handle the situation. That's what I'll say. He she refused to leave, and he did not handle the situation correctly. But at that point, how upset can you get at somebody for being like, "I want you to leave my house. Please get out." I feel like anybody would get upset in that situation. Right. No, you're you're absolutely right, but we we can't keep saying. Well, we no, we did talk about why we thought you know it was still justifiable, and but it's just so many variables. There's but a lot the of Chiefs, I respect their decision because you know he lied. He could have easily told them what happened because, after, especially knowing what Ray Rice went through, you could at least be honest and tell him like, you know what, I wasn't in my right state of mind. Something might have happened. I just don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and the Chiefs could have been like, well, you know, they, obviously they know what kind of house he has. Like, all right, so do you have like some night or something like that? You know, and Kareem was just probably like, no, I don't think anything happened, though. You know, I'm pretty sure if it if it did, somebody else would have told me. And then lo and behold, the fee got out and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, he He's going to find a home. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Ray Rice just so happened to do all this. Or when it came to light that he was not on a decline in his career, but he had like a bad season and he was hurt. Yeah. So that but, was the last end. Last of him. But, but real quick, not ooh, see, I almost said it. I almost said it. You you were real close. You were real close. I was real I stopped myself. 
I stopped myself because I didn't want to have to do extra 25 push-ups. That's, that's what I told myself my punishment would be. So that's a dub. Wait, the same one. Yo, real quick. I almost said uh, you. Yeah, to get you. I know you tried to get know, you, but you my boy. I ain't going to let you go down like that. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. But you know who's not my boy anymore? Todd Bowles. He got to go. He got to go. With, and with the firing of Mike McCartney, I think the Jets should have won up the Packers and fired him at halftime last week. <laughs> because if we would have fired him last week at halftime, we probably would have won the game. Bro. Only Todd Bowles finds a way to lose each week in a different way. And Bro, he's the best at it. That's just the reality of the situation. It's no longer it, it's no longer just a team. For the last two years, it's been just a team. Or maybe the team just isn't doing this. Or maybe the team is no. It's not the team. It's not the team. Let, let's let's be real. You need a new coach. You need a new coach. You know. Well, and, and that's just and well, Mike McCartney needs to come to New York. Well, also, stat the last two seasons, like you said, not only has it been the team and the lack of cohesiveness that the team has, y'all haven't had really any viable stars on your offense. Hey, you, hey, 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 don't be so true, disrespectful. True, true, true. Hey, so hey, hey, I said on your don't, offense. Don't be so disrespectful. Who am I forgetting then? Who Who is slipping my mind that it, and it was that good? You, you, boy, you, you tell me. Boy, Robbie Anderson almost made the Pro Bowl, cuz. Yeah, almost doesn't make him. Nah, the only reason he didn't make it is because we were such a horrible team. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, you 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 call me when Robbie Anderson That's take y'all to the playoffs. How about that? Well, first of all, so you call me when Odell take y'all to the playoffs. Oh, that's right. You can't. Hey, I'm liking this. The shots fired. Hey man, hey man, he got oh, wait, us there the one wait, time. No, he just decided yet. to go to Miami real quick for that weekend. No, 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 no. Better yet, call me when Saquon take. Oh, that's right. Y'all not going to the playoffs this year either. Hey oh, man, damn. He a rookie. He he needs oh, some time to damn. grow. Right. Saquon don't need to grow no more. <laughs> Saquon is good. Hey, hey, everybody get better, especially the running backs. No, they no, all get better no, in their third Sa- season, Saquon bro. Don't, Saquon don't need to add no more weight. That boy is good. No, no, no. He's just about to add some speed. Oh, no. Nah, he don't need that. All right, see. You tripping that, 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 that stiff arm is going to get a little touches. more prominent. Let, let him get yeah, to that Adrian Peterson stiff arm. Shep said it himself. This is what y'all need. Well, to more run. touches, I yeah. To, uh, I need to ride the shotgun read option with Odell to the left side and Barkley to the right side. Where, Might as well have Odell a quarterback. At this rate. Well, that's why we need rate. to have Odell on the side that we have the, the, the lateral to so that once he gets the ball, he can throw it. You know what? The Giants are smart. You, you think nobody peeped, but I peeped. You guys definitely traded all your defense. Well, not all. You traded your defensive line, the Damian Harrisons of the world. Uh-huh. So you guys can draft Olivier Werner for Houston. Are y'all not slick? Y'all tanking for for Olivier? Not Olivier. Ed, sorry. I was saying I'm like uh, Olivier. We're pretty sure we have him already. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ed, Ed Oliver. My bad. Ed, yeah, yeah. Wasn't, yeah. Wasn't Ed, no. Oliver and Olivier's mixed up. Yeah, but either yeah. way, you put him on the line with uh, Vernon. On the edge, man. That's whew. hey, man. Not whew. to mention, like like they said, Damon Harrison. Yes, was one of, if not the best defensive tackle in the league. And I still think we should whoa, have gotten. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, watch him out! Watch him out! Watch him out! Whoa! Watch him out! Whoa! Coming into the season, if you're going to say right now that coming into the season, Damon Harrison wasn't the top defensive tackle in the league, you bugging? 
Mo, Mo, what the hell are you smoking? <laughs> Dude, come on now. He's not even better than Tyrone Crawford. Bro, exactly. One, Tyrone Crawford is better than him. And two, you must have forgot the bad man that is Aaron Donald. What the hell are you Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right about that. I definitely, I definitely. I know you did. I, I definitely wasn't talking about Come back, come yeah, back, yeah. bro. Marcel yeah. Darius. Yeah. Stay off the weed. Hey, hey, just because he doesn't get sacks doesn't mean he doesn't anchor every defensive line he's on. No, trust me. I understand how a defensive lineman works. I used to block him all the time in high school. The thing is, is that, you know, he just isn't better than these other guys, in my opinion. He just takes all. up more space. <laughs> and not just that. Aaron Donald is smaller than him, and he still gets sacks and still gets double teamed, just like Tyron Crawford. Yeah, well, Tyron Crawford, same thing. Look, same all thing. I'm saying is I think they could have gotten Hell, more than a fifth-round pick for him. But – Either way, you're right. He must not have been that special because Dalvin Tomlinson and B.J. Hill are doing a great job filling the role. That's what I meant. That's what I was leading yeah, up because to. Because they don't – because, listen, space eaters are no longer – you got to do more nowadays. You no. really do. Space eater it's isn't a thing in this league anymore. The, the era of Vince Wilfork is over. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The, the era of Albert Haynesworth ended in 96. <laughs> Why do you think? Why do you think everyone can run shotgun in the freaking red, red not red zone, but on the goal line and still score? Except for Seattle, <laughs> I'll never get over that. I just want to put that back out there in the air. I will never get over that. Ever. Yeah, Seattle well, fans should never get over. That. I refuse to talk about it. And and we're and and we're not even fans of that team. Like, <laughs> I like the Seahawks. I bang with them, but like they're Ooh. not my fan team. But. That that play just haunts me. Yeah. Well, I'm just a fan of beast mode. Right. So, right. Like, thank you, thank you. It's what it's terrible what they what happened to that man in Oakland. He went to Oakland thinking it was about to be the championship squad that they were the year before he got there. Sight. <sighs> Homecoming. Right. Exactly. And it was a super dub. Super dub. It was a super dub. But but ooh, I almost said it again. I just want to go around the room mm-hmm. at a decent pace. <laughs> at, at a faster pace than normal. <laughs> and ask you guys. <laughs> do you guys think the Packers were not premature, but do you think they could have at least waited until the season was over to fire Mike McCartney? Because I no. listen, we all called for it. We all called for it, but damn, I had to do it like that. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Not Green Bay. Any other team in the league? Right. Maybe. Right. Not Green right. Bay. Green Bay had to fire him then. I th- that's what I think. Right, exactly. Because, exactly. you know, it's a team. It's owned by the community. That's one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you got to keep that community happy. And then two, I mean, one, I mean, not one, but two, you see uh, McCarthy making all of these bad calls. You know what I mean? He's missing challenges. He's taking bad timeouts. And... <laughs> With this loss this week, he pretty much took y'all out of the playoff picture, too. So, with all of that being said, I think you have to fire him to, one, appease the fans, but, two, just to give yourself the opportunity to see what you're going to have going forward next season without the hindrance of a coach who is, for whatever reason, keeping you guys back, keeping you down with his decisions. You know what I mean? Like you have you have to see if you can get a normal like a coach in there, like how we say game managing QBs, <laughs> and then there mm-hmm. and then there are QBs that turn the ball over a lot. He is a turn the ball over coach without turning the ball over. <laughs> Does that make sense? Right. So so nah, they need to get a game managing coach in there. Not the best coach. He ain't got to be like no Andy Reid. He don't got to be Belichick. You know he don't got to be Parcells. But you know they, who they need. need? 
Who, what did Bruce they Arians. Yo, I was gonna say that. I like I like Bruce Arians. He's and I, I got I got man, I got ten bucks on that. Bowles goes to Green Bay and ends up winning the Super Bowl. Hey, hey, watch him out. Hey, him now out. I can I can <laughs> see that stupid like that again. Only because now this is one thing that I think Green Bay should look into, which I don't think they're What's going that? to do. And I think they should look into making a defensive coordinator their coach, a defensive coordinator or or a former defensive head coach, because they've just had such a bad defense there for so long, but still have the best QB, one of the best QBs, just in case we got any Brady Goat fans out there or Breeze Goat fans out yeah, there. Yeah. But um, he still, I'm still has one of the best QBs in the league. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is pretty much going to handle that offense for you if you get the correct offensive coordinator to work with him. You really just Key need word. If. Key word. If. 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 But what I think they really need is somebody who's going to fortify that defense and give Aaron Rodgers the opportunity to win games with his arm as opposed to winning games in the fourth quarter with comeback wins. You know what I mean? Like, if they have mm-hmm. a defense that can hold other teams to 14 to 21 like a normal defense should be able to – you know what I mean? Even though you know no the game is getting no, the no game is getting more nowadays. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The game is getting more fast paced. There's not any great defenses out there like that anymore. So even against the best teams, you're gonna give up somewhere between 27 and 30, somewhere around 27, 30, 33. If you have a good defense, but if. that's what I'm saying. If they if they go and get a defensive coach who can actually keep teams in that 20 to 30 range and let Aaron Rodgers do his thing. I'm sure they'll win a lot more games. <laughs> Listen, I'm just enjoying putting the emphasis on the what ifs in your life because I just have to make sure you understand how all these ifs are going to come into play. Hey, man. I actually, I actually don't got nothing for that. You're right. That's a lot of ifs. That's a lot of ifs. Do I get my bid on my car real quick? Go ahead, man. No, the one thing I gotta say for Green Bay and McCarthy and all the decisions that have to be made, it's easier to peel the Band-Aid off quick than let it sit there and hang off until the end of the season. <laughs> you might as well get it over with now and start your future as soon as possible while you still have a top-tier quarterback in his prime and a, and a promising team, whether or not, you know, the ineptitude on defense, it is what it is. But I just – I personally feel it was the right choice and whatever they can do to keep it moving forward is definitely the what the decisions that need to be made to make it happen. Now, who the coach will be coming in to take the spot, that's totally – I don't know who that would be. I don't know who would suit that job. I honestly – I was being funny with the Todd Bowles thing, but honestly, you really never know. Yeah. Well, I think, I think they're going to be looking into OCs, like I said, probably like Josh McDaniels. Um, oh, yeah. What's his name? B. <sighs> B, I right now, I know it starts with a B, Eric, something, but it's um the the OC for the Chiefs is probably going to get a look at a couple of head coaching jobs next season. So that's probably where the the route that they'll go. Even though Andy Reid is the play caller there, I totally understand. I mean, he's still going to get some looks. Like I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of jobs opening it up next season. I wouldn't be surprised if he was your head coach. All right, watch him out. <laughs> watch him out. But all right, fellas, with with that man. Not going to say the words that I infamously say before ending a segment. I'm just going to say, hey, we have a couple more segments, so stay tuned to get live with the crew. With the crew. Man, it's been a great show so far. Great show. Uh, We appreciate you guys always for tuning in. We have one more segment left 
Uno Mas. Just bear with us, Uno Mas. We have college sports with Shep and Carson. I'm pretty sure they're going to go over the uh, playoff picture in college uh, football and also uh, the hottest happenings in uh, college basketball. So here comes your way, you know Shan, the college sports. And their defense played spectacular. And so the game came down to it. And uh, just like last year, Alabama came back in the, in the fourth quarter. And they they tied the game. And then there was an extremely controversial play where Kirby Smart elected to do a fake punt on fourth and 11. Okay. But he did a fake punt but sent Justin Fields out on the field on the punt team. So, you got to break it down. What exactly went down during this fake punt? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I didn't see this part, but I, I know it happened. I watched the majority of the game, and I ended up going to the Wofford and um, ETSU basketball game. So, I watched the majority of the game. I just didn't catch this last part. But I watched ESPN and they they talked about it. And but the thing the thing I'm I'm getting at is Justin Fields comes on the field much, mm-hmm. much like Lamar Jackson for my Ravens when Joe Flacco was playing. You knew what Lamar Jackson was going to do when he came in the game. Yes, you know what Georgia is going to do when Justin Fields comes in the game. And for them to send the backup quarterback on the punt team, he just pretty much said, hey, Nick Saban, here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what's coming. Here you go. Yeah, you know, here, I'm just putting it out here for you to snuff it out. Y'all to beat us. I'm just giving the game without saying I'm giving the game. So more or less, this is just, you know, would you say it's like, Bama just can't do wrong, even if everything's going bad for him. Because I'm looking at the stat line here, and Tua did not have a great game. And Jacobs looked like he barely even got into the game with only eight attempts, but he did have 83 yards and two TDs. So it does look like Georgia's defense was was there to come, or was there to play. Man, was there? To play. The, the thing is, is I don't understand why Mark Rick elected to do that when your defense has been playing phenomenal all game. <laughs> so why not trust your defense? Maybe he's living off the dream of any, any given Saturday. I have no idea, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, you know, the fact that Georgia even gave him that much of a ride, it just goes to show how quality of a program that is anyways. So, But the thing is, is <sighs> I feel like the gap in talent between Bama and everybody else, and I guess in this point, when you're talking about the fake pun as well, the gap in coaching is quite great exactly the gap in coaching was the difference between this game it was not gap in talent it was gap in coaching okay georgia played phenomenal and and they were man they were praising jake from the whole game jake from played out of his mind and i'm not a big jake from fan at all I, I i don't really like the guy that much but and i and i have to give it to him jake from played outstanding in this game yeah, I'm looking at the stat line. It looks like he went uh, 25 for 39, throwing over 300, three TDs. Yeah. So, 
you do the math on that one. That is a good thing. And, you know, also, Tua, we got two on the other end who had an absolutely abysmal game going 10 for 25, one TD and two interceptions. So it, it, it seems like the tale of two quarterbacks in that game. And what really just snuck up on good old Georgia is that their play calling was not up to par in the way you're telling me here. Because that seems like because they were up. It, it was they're up in the first and then they both scored 14 in the second. So you're going into half up by a touchdown on Alabama. You can already consider that a win in itself because I'm pretty sure there was something along the lines. Bama was the first team this year to beat every opponent by 20 or more points. Is that true? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that you're going into the half with a lead against Bama. You're going to be able to hold that baby. I don't care who you are. Or who you're playing? Well, it just goes to show that Nick Saban is Kirby Smart's daddy. Oof. I'm sorry, <laughs> Kirby. That's his daddy, man. Uh, so, well, let's get into the, the playoff picture. What what do you think about the upcoming um, playoff games? Well... Uh, I don't does it really matter like I, I gotta ask you a question to for, for the person who is the light college football fan how do you make this playoff matter when you have a team like Alabama who is basically a shoe-in because you know everybody goes and says Clemson Clemson could be the kryptonite of what Alabama is trying to do is that is that pre- basically like safe to say Oh, yeah, I guess that's what everybody is thinking. If there's one team that can beat them, it's Clemson. And um, me personally, I just, I fear that freshman mistakes are going to kill Clemson on, against Alabama. Yeah, 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 um, Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback, and we all knew he was going to be good and all that. He has the arm strength, you know. He has a, a plethora of running backs to choose from in the backfield. His, he has one of the best receivers in the country in T. Higgins. Um, Lamar Rogers, he's okay, but I feel like T. Higgins is their best receiver. Um, I, he's never played in a game of this magnitude. And you, yeah. and you can see throughout the season that, that he's made freshman mistakes. There wasn't a whole lot, and it was a lot less than what I thought it would be. But he's never—he hasn't played an Alabama. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too—is what you're worried about as well. Is you know, not to say the ACC is a terrible conference, but it's you know, it's basically the SEC, which oh, is no. the gold standard of college football. Oh no, ACC is terrible this year. ACC okay. was awful. You, know, you gotta be nice every now and again. No, no. The ACC was a completely <laughs> abysmal this year. And and about two years ago, they were actually one of the best conferences in the country. And for them to fall off as hard as they did, they just, it's terrible. Terrible. Yeah, um, but do you think that the strength and schedule that Clemson faces, you know, you're obviously talking about the freshman mistakes and this and that. 
But then you think those freshman mistakes were made against competition who obviously Clemson should handle well. Now you go in and play against a team like Alabama. How do you think a freshman like that holds up against a Saban-style team like that? Um, Honestly, and, and Alabama's really great at getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, so I, I, I think it if they're able to get pressure, if they're able to mix it up and confuse Clemson's offensive line, I think it's going to be really hard for Trevor Lawrence. And one thing that Clemson has on their side, they can kind of look at film and use the blueprint that Georgia gave them. Georgia gave them a blueprint. And Clemson's defense is good enough for them to somewhat mimic it. So I think that if they can keep Trevor Lawrence upright and give him some protection, I think they have a shot to win the game, but I mm-hmm. don't But I don't think they will win the game. If, if, if it even gets to that. If it even gets to that. Yeah. Yeah, we're Clemson. just assuming Notre Dame's going to flounder. Yeah, well, I mean, that's yeah, so what I was going to say. Clemson has to get past Notre Dame first. And yeah. I, I don't really know what to make of Notre Dame. I mean, when, yeah. you, when you see them, they play well and they're undefeated, but the teams that they play outside of Michigan have not really impressed me. And they, no. and they and they only beat a struggling USC team by seven points. And also, too, you know, you got to think about this as well. They barely escaped against Ball State. Uh, you know, yeah. that way back when 24 to 16 victory against ball state i highlighted that because you know you have all these guys from south bend and all these notre dame fans around the country that live breathe and die for notre dame but i personally feel like that program the schedule that they have should affect their rankings in such a way in which the the schedule affects the university of central florida's rankings sorry that 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 uh, I don't know. They they do play a little bit better, tougher competition. But... You're right because you know everybody wants to watch Notre Dame. Everybody wants to get their shot at them. That's why they play against teams such as like Stanford, Virginia Tech, you know, Syracuse. If this was five years ago, Florida State would have been an interesting game. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's I don't know. I just don't. I, I I don't see Notre Dame having any kind of any kind of chance. You know, they could shock us all. We could look like two idiots sitting here talking to each other. Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not ruling them out. Because I, 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 I don't really know what to make of it. I, I don't know. Yeah. They haven't played a consistent level of competition to, for me to fully assess them. And I, mean, I think and I think they could compete with Clemson. Absolutely. Will they? I'm not sure. Um, and and I, I think Clemson will win this game. Um, and if they win this game, I don't think it'll be by much, to be completely honest with you. I can respect that. I I, uh, I think Clemson's going to come out on top personally. But I think it's going to be at least a two-score game. Yeah, I personally think it's, it's going to be a two, minimum two-score yeah, game. I think they'll win about 10 points if they win it. Uh, and and I, we're both in agreement, along with the rest of the country, that Oklahoma is going to lose to Alabama. <laughs> 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 their, their defense isn't. 
mean, and, and I and I do think they earned earned the right to be there. I just don't think their defense is strong enough to stop Alabama, especially coming off the type of game that Tua had. I know Tua is going to be looking to make a statement um, against them, and and I and we'll just go into my next to my next idea or next topic. And I want to get your opinion on who you think is going to win the Heisman, um, and I and I'll tell you what I think. I think that it was a close race with Tua on top all the way through the whole season. And I think after that game where Tua played an elite, when they played the best team that they played all year in Georgia, Tua disappeared. And for that reason, I think that that may give Kyler Murray the edge to uh, to win the Heisman. Um because Tua's putting, I mean, not Tua, uh, Kyler Murray has put up numbers all season long. No matter who he played, it didn't matter. He was putting up 300 yards, throwing three, four touchdowns a game. Well, can I just, uh, can I just segue to this to you? Um, this year, I was listening to Mike Francesa on the radio out here, local radio guy. I know you don't really get him down there, but he was, he put a little stat line out for me, and I believe. I forget the exact number, but Tua in the regular season played in the fourth quarter only two or three times all year. So, and the and also too, the Big Twelve defense is like is like water. It, it, you know, teams out there they don't play defense. It's how far can you throw the ball and how many touchdowns do you get it up on the board. It's like the OK Corral whenever these teams play each other. So. I feel, you know, if you they would have left Tua in to run up his stats, I feel like he'd probably have five or six more touchdowns, and it would be a landslide uh, Heisman uh, voting for Tua to win it. But that's per- my personal opinion, not taking anything away at all whatsoever. But I feel personally, yeah, the Heisman should go to Tua 110%. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you make a good point. I just – and, and and I'll say this: the amount of weapons Tua has versus the amount of weapons Kyler Murray has, it it makes it a lot easier for him to do what he does. And and there was an interview when they asked Tua, "How does he feel uh, with the weapons that he has?" And his response was, "I feel like a kid in the candy shop." He said, I can go to my, he said, I can look to my right and get a Snickers bar. And I can look to my left and get a pack of Skittles. Yeah, those are two good pieces of candy as well. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I, I think Tua has – it was easy for Tua to amass the numbers that he did because he has the best receiving core in the country and arguably one of the best tight ends in the country. And – a, a, a stable of running backs that can catch out of the backfield. So, I, I just think that he, he was he had more of an advantage than Kyler Murray did. I, I respect that, you know, uh, and I really don't want to take anything away from Kyler Murray whatsoever. Uh, it's just I feel, you know, if Tua had the chance to play in the fourth quarter in most of these games and had his stat line look a little bit more prettier, I feel like the conversation me and you would be having would be a little bit different, even though barring the fact 
that Alabama is such a loaded team. You know, they got multiple NFL players on both sides of the ball. Can't take anything away from that whatsoever. So, you know, I, I'm just in the camp for the fact that I feel Tua – I personally feel Tua is the best player in college football right now. And I, I you know, you don't have to comment me for that. I, I, I know you probably have a laundry list of people you think is better. But I just feel when it comes down to it, Tua will be the most deserving player to receive the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. I mean, Tua, Tua is phenomenal. I, I, I like Tua a lot. He's probably one of the most electrifying guys to watch. But I just think Kyler Murray takes this away with I, – I think he I, – I, I just think Tua is trumped up, no pun intended, too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he has a lot of trump, trump cards. Um, so, if you take those trump cards away, I think that Kyler Murray deserves it more. Well, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of Get Live with the Crew. Once again, we appreciate you always and forever. And don't forget to subscribe, man. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I sound like one of those new generation uh, YouTubers. But listen, I've been doing this 11 years now. I, I deserve some subscribers, all right? I deserve it. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, we, we always appreciate the love and the support that we get from everyone. Uh, tune in to next week's episode, you know. You already know what it is. Get Live with the Crew. Always and forever, you can catch me at stat underscore GL on Twitter, 317TH on Instagram. Carson is Power My Skin on Instagram. Mo is Showtime More Reckless with the E being a three. Don't forget about me. Um, Alan Shepard Jr. Uh, on Twitter and IG for Shep. And we'll see you guys next week, man. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend that Get Live with the Crew Man is the most organic podcast on the airwaves. Straight like that. Nothing more to say. Catch y'all next week.